0: Well, amen. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6, if you have your Bibles or your tablets or Bibles. Open up your apps and then turn to Isaiah chapter 6, if you will. We begin in this year-long theme of being faithful, and we begin with worship. There are many ways that we worship, and we will cover many of those ways today. But we will be in Isaiah chapter 6, which gives us a great picture of what a worship service ought to look like. And one that we hope that our services at East of Oville looks like this worship service. There are many ways that we worship the Lord and many ways that we express that. And so over the coming weeks of this month, you'll, you will be able to we'll walk through the scriptures together. We will spend a lot of time in Isaiah chapter 6 in the coming weeks. And we will look at the uh, idea of being faithful in worship. Uh, and so... In Isaiah chapter 6, if you have found your place, if you will stand with me, if you're able to, uh, if you'll we'll stand if we we'll read God's word together, then we stand in honor of God's word. It's the highlight of our gatherings, the reading of the scriptures. You know, uh, in the Old Testament, that when the scroll was opened, people would stand to their feet shouting for joy because they are hearing the exact words of God. May we have the same expressions in our heart that, oh my goodness, we got to stand again. But we would know we are hearing directly from the Lord. Amen? We're hearing from Him. So let's read together Isaiah chapter 6. The Bible says In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on high in a lofty throne, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim was standing above him, they each had six wings. And with two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to the other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorway shook as the sound of their voices and the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and live among a people of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me in his hand. In his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth, with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, Who should I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. And he replied, Go. Say to these people, Keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. Make the minds of this people dull, deafen their ears, and blind their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their minds, turn back, and be healed. Then I said, Until when, Lord? And he replied, Until cities lie in ruins without inhabitants, and houses are without people, the land is ruined and desolate, and the Lord drives the people far away, leaving great emptiness in the land. Though a tenth will remain in the land, it will be burned again, like the cherubim or the oak, or the oak that leaves a stump when felled, the holy seed is the stump. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for the scriptures as they. Just saying, and as we sang today for the solid rock, the foundation that we have in Christ, one that can never be shaken, though it has been come upon by great winds and storms, it has never been shaken, and we're so thankful. Uh, May these scriptures be new to us. May we not look at them and say, I've read those before and check out. But God, may we look at the scriptures and hear from you today, oh God, how we need to hear from heaven. We need to hear a word from you. We're in in desperate times. God, we are in a world that's a mess. It's a mean world to us. It causes anxiety and depressions and sorrows and weariness. But, oh Lord, there you are, seated on the throne. The hem of your robe fills the temple. The glory of the Lord is all around. May we come into your presence with thanksgiving and joy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can see that. As we begin to look at the word faithful, God put Isaiah 6 on the heart in my mind. In Isaiah chapter 6, you read in the very first verse in the year of King Uzziah died. Uh, king Uzziah was the king of Judah, had been the king for 52 years. They knew him and he knew them. He had ruled because of the nation of Judah. For 52 years as a young guy, grew up being their king and leader. And for the most part, the the kingdom of Judah, the nation of Judah, uh, they prospered. They grew. They had great advancements uh, in his leading. They expanded as a nation. They had so many achievements, and they grew. And those years were filled with great prosperity and great peace. Much like our days today. When you look at the United States of America, I've been to other countries, we've got it really good, you know that. As much trouble as you think we may be in, we're far advanced of everywhere else. (coughs) I've been to other countries, I've looked in the eyes of other people in those countries, and there is hopelessness in their eyes. But not us. We've got everything at our fingertips, and so did those in the nation of Judah. As he... Led Judah for 52 years. Great prosperity and peace. Expanding the nation. So many great achievements. And all of that was great. Everything was going well. And the nation was advancing. They had prosperity. They had great peace as a nation. Because of their advancements. And everything was going well. Until King Uzziah began to rebel against God. And I can tell you this. From that. Everything will go well for you. Until you begin to rebel against the Lord until you begin to rebel against the word of the Lord. And that's what King Uzziah started to do. You know, sometimes we get it in our head that we've got this. Look at what I've done in this nation. Look at the achievements and the peace and the prosperity. Look at all that's going on. And we got this. And he began to rebel against God's word, he began to rebel against the Lord. And what ended up happening to King Uzziah, he was removed from office. God removed him from office because you know God is in charge of who's in office and who is not in office. <coughs> Let me stop there and say something. I don't think most people, most Baptists are in a Trump trance. You know, I know that God is on Trump's side. You know, Trump is on God's side. Listen, God's got a great big plan. I wouldn't pick Trump, but you know, I think there's more God than people out there. God's in charge of all that. You understand that. God removed King Uzziah from the throne. Now the throne is empty. The direction of the country, where we're going, who's going to be our leader, sheep without shepherd and all. God removed King Uzziah from office. You know what he did? He gave a leprosy. He got a dime. He just died just like that in his own pity and his own pride. You know why? Because he began to rebel against the Lord. And God had every right to do what he did to keep Uzai. Then you get to Isaiah chapter 6, and Isaiah's looking at the country, going, Well, our throne is it. No one is occupying our throne. And then you get to this worship service that begins to happen in Isaiah's life. Listen, I hope you come back next Sunday. <laughs> I'm telling you. God, if I can use this term in the most theological way, God's gonna knock your socks off next week. I just believe that. If you got socks, they're gonna go, we're just gonna shoot right out of there. <coughs> My socks are wet right now. I kind of like them to be taken on. I found out, I got a oh, how about you? So thankful for that. Uh, I knew that actually. I just forgot until I walked out of the room. I'm thankful for wet socks. This said, You'll come next week. I'm serious. You come next week. I believe God's going to do something amazing in your life through this chapter, Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah's looking at the situation. He thinks it's not good. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? The throne is empty. But then you start to read in Isaiah chapter 6, and he begins to have this amazing worship service. And I begin to read Isaiah chapter 6 and go, this is what our worship service are to look like. This is exactly the way they're supposed to be. There's elements of our gatherings that we're supposed to make sure that are a part of our gatherings. We need as leaders, we need to make sure that we have these, uh, these elements in our galleries. But you know what I noticed? It's not just us, it's you. It's you. You're involved in our gatherings to make sure these things happen. And Isaiah begins to uh, have this worship service. And he begins to know that, hey, no. It's not just the the throne of Judah was empty, but he began to look to the Lord and you know what he found out? Our throne is is empty, but God's throne is occupied. Amen? The throne of Judah was empty. Nobody was sitting in that throne. But he looked up to the heavens and he saw God sitting on the throne. The robe of his, the robe of, uh, the the garment of his robe was filling the whole temple. The glory was just everywhere. You couldn't escape it. You know what he did? He began to worship the Lord. Because he realized, though, things are in a mess down here. God, you got it all under control up there. And you're ruling and raining down on us, and he had a worship service. There's a great purpose in our worship gatherings. It's not meant so that you just show up, have church, and leave, okay? And then come back the next week. And that's not why we do what we do. I don't sit at my desk all day, every day, or most times and 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 just study and pray and and, and Read the scriptures, and you know, God, what what do you have for us? I'm not a sit at a desk kind of guy. I just that's just not me. I, my personality is not sit and be still. That's just and, and why God called me to that, I don't know. I, it's a struggle for me to get up, and walk around. You know, I just go walk through the cemetery. I just go walk around the gathering place, and uh, just trying to do something. It's not me. I don't, I don't do all that just so we can come, have a good time, and leave, and come back the next Sunday. Pastor Randy, he doesn't spend all week preparing the choir, praising, and all. They don't spend all that just to show up, play some music, and go home. There's great purpose in our gatherings. I want to show you what those purposes are. <laughs> there's great purpose in our worship, when we gather for worship. And there's four elements of our worship we need to make sure that is being accomplished. And it's not just limited to old Sundays. You can take it with you everywhere you go. The first one is this. We need to approach God in all through our praise, We need to approach the Lord in awe of who He is. When you read in Isaiah chapter 6, starting in verse 1, look at what happened. Remember, the throne is empty. There's no leader for the nation of Judah. Isaiah is just like the rest of the country of the nation. They respected King Uzziah. They respected who he was, but he's not, the, he's not in the leadership role anymore. The throne is empty. Where are we going? What direction is our nation going? We've had all these great things happening. What's going to happen to us? And then a worship service started. And starting in verse 1 it says, the year King I died, I saw the Lord seated on high and a lofty throne, and the hill of his robe filled the temple. The throne of Judah may be empty, but God's throne is, is occupied. Amen. And he looked up and he just saw God sitting on his throne. And not just level with who he was. He saw God high and lofty. He, he had to look up to God. I believe we as a church need to do that more. We need to look up. Look up. When I had all the neck problems. I had surgery and all that. And one of the guys in our church, he said, Mike, when does it hurt most? He said, when you look up and when you look down. I said, it hurts most when I look down. He said, that's God telling you You need to look up more. Uh, I wanted to throw the lunch for <laughs> a second. <laughs> as if I didn't know that. But it reminded me I need to look up more. And I think that's what Isaiah is doing. He is coming in the awe of God, and he is looking up. God saw God seated high and lofty. You, my friend, are not high and lofty. God is. God's high and lofty. You're nothing. Bless God for that, right? Your visitors with us, I didn't come to hear that. That's what the scriptures say. The best you've got is a filthy rag. You think nothing. It means nothing. He saw God high, lofty, seated on the throne, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. And he saw the seraphim standing above him with six swings, <coughs> two They covered their faces, two, they covered their feet, with two, they flew. And he called out, man, this worship service started happening. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. What happened? Isaiah, in the moment where he needed to look up, when he looked up, he saw God seated high and lofty sitting on the throne. He looked around him. The throne was empty on earth, but the throne in heaven was occupied. Not only was he on the throne, the hem of his garment filled the whole temple. He saw God everywhere. Man, the seraphim there, he started bursting forth with them, started worshiping the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Why? Because that's what you do in the presence of God. You sing to him and say, God, you are holy. The Lord of all the armies, the Lord of hosts. We worship the Lord. We worship God. I think that's God saying amen. Hey, that's you good, by that. Not only just in here, we worship, approach God in all, in all of the mountaintop moments that we have in life, but we approach God in all, in all of the valley moments that we go through. I've come to know this and learn this through life. Most mountaintop moments I have, <laughs> it's because I was able to see how faithful God was in the valley. And when I was able to see how faithful God was in the valley, and I was able to worship God in those valley moments, God brought me to a great mountaintop experience. And you know what? Oftentimes, oftentimes, I was still in that valley. But man, I had a mountaintop experience in the valley. You know why? Because God's faithful. We ought to come in his presence with just awe. And that's what Isaiah was doing.
1: The reason you have now
0: top moments is because you trust in God in the valley. It's the reason why the psalm says, in Psalm 96, sing to the Lord. And we see in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, they sang to the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and His glory fills the whole earth. You can't escape it. I'm so thankful for that. You can't escape the presence of the Lord. You can't escape His glory. It's everywhere. We need to come and approach God in awe through our praise. Do you do that? Have you done that? Do you come before God, just you're just in awe of who He is. You just reminded on Monday of how awesome God is. You approach Him, you're in awe of Him. In our worship gatherings, we need to begin a time and just in awe of God. And you have a part in that because all week you've been reminded of how God's mighty. All week, you've been reminded of how good God is to you, all of his provisions, all of his protections, protections but even more so, than man, all of his presence in your life. Moses says, God, I don't want your protections or your provisions. If you ain't going, I'm not going either. If you're not there, i do not want to be there. James Shane sings a song and says, God, if you're not here, I don't want to stay. But Lord, if you're here, I don't want to go anywhere else. May we be in awe of who God is. Are you in awe of Him? Oftentimes we're in awe of who? Ourself. We can be in awe of who ourselves are our pride. May we be in awe <laughs> of who God is. We approach God in awe through our praise. When we sing songs like today, how firm a foundation, thank the Lord for this everlasting God, this solid rock that never once have I ever walked alone in knowing that. Causes me to come into his presence singing to him in a high, lofty throne and say, God, you've never left me alone. You've always been faithful. God, I'm in all of you. I'm in all of you. Second element to our gatherings is confession and renewal. Confession and renewal. Once you're in all of God, you have to begin confessing and being a renewing in your heart. In verses 4 and 5, it says, The foundations of the doorway shifted at the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke. Can you imagine this worship service? Can you imagine being outside of this worship service? Can you imagine people driving by on, uh, on John Will's Avenue right out there, and they look over and they see a building shaking? Why was it shaking? From their voices, and there is so awe of God, and the foundations of the doorway shook and the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke for the glory of the Lord wouldn't know how to handle that. We'd be scared to death, wouldn't we? We're having an earthquake in Alabama. I've never been a part of an earthquake. Open do. you know what I would really love to be a part of? I'd love to be a part of a gathering of the saints. That we are singing so loud and so high we are singing with all of our hearts, so mind and strength, with everything we have, because we know the goodness and the greatness and the power and the awe of our God. That when we sing, the doorways begin to shake. I'm not talking just starting to shake. That's just kind of all uh, the Calvarys I would like to be a part of. Amen? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be amazing? It's all God, man. i so all of the Lord. I just want to sing to the Lord. I'm singing this song to him. The doorways begin to shake, begin to fill with smoke. And then I said, Woe is me, for I am because I am a man of unclean lips. He didn't just call himself out. He says, I live among people who are of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of armies. Here's what happens when you come in the presence of the Lord. Confession. Confession happens. Whenever we have an experience with the Lord, it should cause us never to react with pride. It should never cause us to react in pride of saying, Look how lofty I am. Look how good I am. Look how great we are. Going to church? Oh, yeah. Everyone, lots of people go to church. Not a big deal.
1: Look how great we are.
0: You have this wonderful experience at church, and oftentimes we react in pride. But look at what happened with Isaiah. In our worship gatherings, when we're all of God, we never react with pride. We always react with humility. Why? Because we are torn apart. You know why? Because we have seen God. We have seen God high and lifted up. We have seen the perfections of God. And he causes us to remind ourselves, I am unclean. I am not worthy to be in the presence of the Lord. Those people who go to church, their chest poked down and says, Uh, You guys are not worthy of me being here. You're not worthy of me being here at church and God's not even there. And they worship church and the idea of church. May we at East Tobago Baptist Church be faithful in worshiping the Lord. Worshiping God above all else. Worshiping Him. We never respond in pride. We always respond in humility because when we are in the presence of God it breaks us who we are. You saw what Isaiah said the very next thing. When they worship the Lord, the foundations begin to shake. And here's what he said. Woe is me. Woe is me. You know why? Because uh, Isaiah knew in this moment, I do not deserve to be in your presence. He says, woe is me. Woe is me. For I'm a man. I've ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. I am ruined compared to you, God. You're perfect in all of your ways, your righteousness. You're just you, are God in heaven. But woe is me. I'm broken. I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. You know why he had unclean lips? Because he had an unclean heart. That's why. Because out of the mouth, the heart speaks. And he says, not only me, but we're all unclean. We have unclean lips because of an unclean heart. God, we are broken. We are ruined when we come into your presence. Have you done that? Have you come into the presence of God and you are ruined? because you know just how great he is and you know just how wicked you are we don't take this seriously anymore we don't take it as serious anymore most of the time for us it's just something we read about in the scriptures it's something we just read about but listen you've had experiences with God like I have in my life and it changes how you look at God it changes how you worship the Lord you come before him with confession he says, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, and the reason I'm ruined is because of my unclean lips. I don't deserve this. I don't even deserve to be in your presence. Most of us, we simply brush it off. Not a big deal. I have unclean lips because I have an unclean heart. You begin he to confess this sin to God. And he begins to have a moment of confession to the Lord. Those Baptist churches and churches all over the world, there's not much confessing going on. The reason he says he's ruined, because of his unclean lips, most of us just shake it off. We say, well, Lord's still working on me.
1: Lord's still working on me. That's our
0: excuse, isn't it? The Lord's still working on me. Or we'll say things like, I got," I just got the place for a minute. Or we use grace as a license to sin. Or I love this one. I love this. Pastors love this one. Well, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Oh, don't worry. I'm not judging you. I got home problems. I'm not judging you. Only God's my judge. You're right. Actually, it'd be much better for you if I were your judge. Because I would judge you with an unholy, unrighteous judgment. God's going to judge you with perfection. How do you measure up with that? You good? You might measure up with that. You might measure up with perfection here today. You don't want it because you're ruined That's why. You're unclean lips. You have an unclean heart. May we come before God, not with our chest poked down, but may we come before God with a bowed and bowed head. No, we thought, I am ruined! Lord, I am ruined in front of you! The problem with most of our churches is not a lack of trying, it's crap. God, you need me. I don't need you. You are ruined. God wants to use you. We're thankful for that. May we, like Isaiah, come before the Lord and be awe of Him. And when you see Him, high lifted up. Maybe it draws us to confession and say, God, I'm ruined. Lord, I don't deserve, I don't deserve this. Lord, the only thing I deserve is eternity and hell, separated from you because I'm unclean. That's all I ever deserve. <laughs> Lord, I love as me, God. Please don't, don't even let me in your presence, Lord. I don't even deserve to be in your presence. Praise God. Because of Christ the righteousness of the Lord. We are welcome into the presence of God for all eternity because of Jesus, not because of us, because we're rooted. Maybe there needs to be a time of confession and renewal in your own heart. We confess to him our wicked ways, our sinful heart, his holiness, that we so desperately need. Listen to me when I say this. Everyone, listen. You are in desperate need of God. You are in desperate need need of God. You're not in desperate need of a good grade. You're not in desperate need of a, of a higher high batting average. You're not in desperate need of a better job, more money, uh, a better friends. You're not in desperate need of all that. You are in desperate need of God. And most of us live our life without even knowing it. Without living our life, realizing it. That's why the psalmist says proclaim his salvation from day to day today. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Sing to the Lord, it says. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. You know why it says that? You know why it says it tells us to proclaim his salvation from day to day? Notice it doesn't say this. Proclaim your talents day to day. Proclaim your wisdoms day to day. Proclaim all of your accomplishments day to day. Proclaim everything that you have uh, done in life. Proclaim all of that every day. No. You know why it says the proclaiming salvation day to day? Because the only thing that is good and unwicked in you is his salvation. It's the only thing you and I have to shout about is his salvation. Amen? Are you tracking with me? It's the only thing you and I have to ever be thankful for and happy and joyful for and praise the Lord for is our salvation. Why? Other than salvation, we are what? Rude. So the Bible says we're rude. We are what? Without salvation. We're lost, we're rude. We have unclean lives because of an unclean heart that has separated us from God. That's why the Bible says proclaim his salvation from day to day, because the only thing worthy of you proclaiming is God's salvation. There is none good in you, no, not one. There is none that is righteous, only Christ was righteous. And the salvation that you have, you didn't even pick it, God shows you. So therefore nothing in you is good, only Jesus, amen. Aren't you thankful for that though? Man, that's something good about you. I don't have anything. I don't have much to offer, but I've got the Lord. Amen. I've got Christ. I've got the forgiveness of sin. I've got Jesus. Sometimes we need confession and renewal. Every time there's confession, there's always a renewal of heart. Confession should never drive you to more depression. Confession should bring the weightiness of your sin off of you and onto Christ and allow you to have freedom in the Spirit of God. And it ought to always bring renewal. There's people in this room, and you are weighted down with your sin and your wicked ways and your ruined lips and ruined heart. Listen, this, this is not for you, brother, or sister. This is for Mark Snyder today. There is wickedness in this heart. There is an unclean lips in this, on this mouth, an unclean heart. And when I have to confess, I pray that there was great renewal. Part of our worship gatherings is to come before God in all of our prayers. But it's also for confession and renewal. The third thing is hearing the word of the Lord. We ought to hear the word of the Lord. You see in verses six and seven, and one of the seraphim flew to me in his hand it was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar of to the palms He touched my mouth with it and said, Now that it has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed, and your sin is atoned for. What a great thing to hear from God. Amen. You know, what a great thing to hear from God's representatives that your iniquities are gone. Your wickedness, your gone. The, the confession that you just confessed. I, oh, I'm ruined, God. I'm a man of uncleanness because I, I have an unclean heart. Lord, I'm ruined. And that confession brought repentance and forgiveness. Yes! Praise the Lord for that. Amen. That's what we sing about. And in that grave, that when we come before God confessing our sin, He brings forth repentance and forgiveness of our sins. Your iniquities are until your sin is atoned for, your iniquity is removed. I heard the voice of the Lord. <clears throat> who should I send? And who will go for me? We ought to hear the word of the Lord. Every time we gather, this ought to be the highlight of our gathering. It ought to be the main part of our gatherings, the scriptures. It's why we spend more time in the scriptures than we do anything else in like our gathering. gatherings. That's designed that way, because this, we need this more than we need anything else. Oftentimes, the preaching part of our gatherings are not the most important part. Oftentimes in our churches, it's not the highlight of our gatherings. But isn't it good that we get to hear straight from God, straight from the Lord? You want to know what God says? Read the Bible, dear sir. Well, you want to hear what God says? Read the Bible, dear man, dear teenager. Read the scriptures. You want what does God say? What does God want for me? Read the Bible. It, it says it in here, all through here. It's the part we should treasure the most, but oftentimes it's the part that we couldn't care less about. So, what do, you, what do you mean by that? Well, during the preaching time, it's often when people talk, they get up during it, they're texting during it. They're worried about lunch during the preaching time. As we're presenting the scriptures, they're, you know, doing all kinds of things. We're shuffling around. We're not paying attention. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're on our phone. And, and hey, what are we having for lunch? And, you know, we're doing all things back and forth. And, and and in the main part of our gatherings, we're missing the very thing we need the most, the scriptures. I pray that at least the Pope Baptist Church, when the scriptures are presented, that we listen. Not to me. Look, look, not to me. I pray we listen to the Lord. Listen to what God has to say. May this become the highlight of our gathering. Every time we gather in worship, we want to pray the Bible. We want to sing the Bible. We want to read the Bible, preach the Bible. We want to see the Bible in our ordinances. And then hopefully, after we've done all of that, we have so much Bible in God's Word that we can respond to it. after we do all of that, we should be in so much all of God that we desire to respond in faith and obedience, which leads us to the number four aspect of our gatherings. And that is a time of response of faith and obedience. Listen to what happened. After Isaiah, it was in all of God, and he praised the Lord. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then he had a moment of confession. As he got in the presence of God, he began to confess his sins. Say, God, I'm unworthy. I, I, I'm ruined, Lord. I, I, my, my lips are unclean because my heart is unclean. Lord, I'm ruined. And then in that moment of confession, here comes renewal. And he got to hear from God and says, Your iniquities are renewed. <coughs> yeah, what a great thing to hear from the Lord. He began to have that renewal of heart because he knew his sins were forgiven. And then what happened? Time of response. What did God say? Who? Should I sing, it will go for us. Every time, listen to me now. Every time, I think this is why people people leave every Sunday and Wednesday and they do nothing about what they just heard of the Scriptures because we're not paying attention to it. Every time we open the Scriptures, there should be a response. Let me tell you this. You always respond to the Scriptures. Always. You either respond in disobedience or you respond in obedience. But you always respond to the scriptures. What happened when Isaiah heard the word of the Lord? Who shall I send? Who will go for us? You know what Isaiah said? Lord, you know me more than anybody else. I'm unclean. I have an unclean heart. Unclean lips. I am ruined. Lord, I'll go. Here I am. Won't you send me? What about me? I'll go. And then right after that, an amazing thing happened. God sent him. <laughs> God sent him. I don't know if Isaiah really thought he was going to do it so fast. But he did. The next thing you say, what does he say? Go! Exclamation. Go! Okay, go! And every time we gather, every time the scriptures are open, there's a moment for us to respond in faith and obedience. Any experience with God through our gatherings of the scriptures, there's always a call for response ask you do this. Have you accomplished all four of these today? Have you been in awe of God today? This morning. Seriously, whether you are 110 or two years old, everybody before, have you been in awe of God today? Young people, you, don't, don't ever think you're so young, I can't be in awe of God. I'm, a, I'm so young, God hasn't done so much for me. No, 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 no. You guys can be in just as much awe of God as anybody else. Teach us something really with your passion, your energy. Be in awe of God. Maybe may the only thing you can be in awe of God is this God's sake. I'm a Christian. I will be with God for all eternity. Are you in awe of God today? Have you been thinking about why you should be in awe? Have you confessed your sin and wickedness? Uh, have you confessed your need for Jesus? Have you been renewed through confession? Well, what a great renewal it was for Isaiah when he confessed his ruined state, his unclean lips and heart, and immediately caught so God came to the rescue and said, your sins are forgiven. Your dignity is removed. Hey, Isaiah, don't worry about that. I got that. You let me worry about that. You just go serve me. That's all you need to do. Have you had a moment of confession? You heard a great testimony. I heard a great testimony this morning of a dear lady. She said, I, I, I've been away from the Lord. I, that's me. I'm unclean. I've been ruined. I, I've had an unclean heart. I've been knowing it for a long time, and I'm so thankful for confession. Man, she got to confess her sins to the Lord and confess her heart and need for Christ she said, "The overwhelming joy came over her like she's never felt before and the weightiness of her sin and um, um, is this a word Ruinedness, uh left her I don't know what's a word the weight of her unclean heart and lips left her you need that today you need to confess your sins confess Christ if you're a believer here today so I already know Jesus you need to confess your sins you like Isaiah, need to be at of God and say, "Lord, I need to confess my unclean heart. I have done things that are unholy. My flesh has been out of control for a while, and I know. My mind's been out of control for a while, I know. And Lord, I need to confess that to you. You need to do that, dear brother, and sister. Or maybe you're here today and for the very first time. You need to respond today in confession, in repentance to Christ." And you responded in faith and obedience for now is the time for us to do that, to respond so let's do that Father we thank you for our time, thank you for the scriptures, thank you for the beauty we see in the scriptures Lord all across this room Isaiah is right here Lord there's people in here that they have not been in awe of you for a long time and God I hope that during our worship service they You've been able to remind them, Lord, whether they're an adult, a senior adult, a teenager, a child. Lord, you've been able to remind them that you're faithful. You've been faithful. And that whatever they're going through, you're going to be faithful. And Lord, you've just reminded them of the need for confession that God, they they know you as Christ as Lord's Lord and Savior. Lord, there needs to be some confessing going on. They need to confess. They need to be a confession and a renewal. Listen, if that's you, come and pray. Come and do that. Come and pray to the Lord. Remember, we come to the presence of God, we never come to the presence of the Lord with pride. It's always humility. All of us should be broken right now. All of us should be broken in our hearts because of our wickedness and our ruined hearts. But maybe you hear this, Lord. <coughs> you would say, Pastor by, I... I need to confess something. I don't know Jesus. And I know I don't know Jesus. And I need God to touch me like he did Isaiah. And I need God's hand to reach down upon me. And I want to confess of my sins and wickedness. Pastor Mike, I know there's nothing good in me. Mike, I want to praise the Lord because of salvation. And I need God to reach down and touch my heart My unclean lips. And I want God to tell me your iniquities have been removed. Your sin is gone. Do you need that this morning? Would you trust in Jesus? Call upon his name, the Bible says, and you'll be saved. Say, Lord, I repent of my sins. I confess my wickedness to you. I confess my wicked heart. Lord, I'm like Isaiah. I am ruined in your presence. Lord, I know you're here. I'm ruined. God saved you. Would you do that? Lord, I need my sins forgiven, my iniquities removed. Would you do that for me today, Lord? Forgive me my sins, God. I want to trust in you, and I want to live for you. I want to be committed, and I want to be faithful to you, just like you've been faithful to me. Listen, if that's you, you pray that prayer. You say those things. We love to talk with really you, pray and all we stand and sing. It's our response. It's what the scriptures teach us to do. Respond to the scriptures. Respond to the Lord. Whatever God has called you to do in your own heart, you can respond to. It.